Hello, welcome back. This is episode three. My name is Asusena, and I'm a graduate student at Northwestern University in the Master of Public Health program. Today, we will revisit the conversation on building a village that was discussed in episode two. Throughout this episode, I will incorporate part of my conversation with a group of informal caregivers. Specifically, I will address common experiences related to mental and physical challenges, as well as presenteeism. As I worked on this project, I had an opportunity to connect virtually with a group of informal caregivers. During this virtual listening session, I could not help myself but to think of some of my diabetes prevention work I used to do for a couple of years ago. You see, aside from being a student at Northwestern, I also work conducting research. In one of my projects, I was fortunate enough to work in Chicago's little village, also known as La Villita. La Villita is home to a large Latino population, predominantly Spanish-speaking. Through my research, I was working on diabetes prevention with individuals that were diagnosed with prediabetes. Prediabetes meant that their blood sugar level were high, but not high enough to be diagnosed as diabetes. Now to my comparison. So during the informal caregiver session, I caught myself thinking back to my research experience since as part of my research, I had to ask if the participant was taking care of a family or friend. Thinking back to my participant responses and now hearing the stories of, um, of these informal caregivers, I realized that caregiving roles never seem burdensome. In fact, caregiving responsibilities are usually taken because of the love a caregiver has for their family or friend. Unfortunately, we may not see the demands of caregiving as a burden, but the hardships associated with caregiving can manifest in your mental and physical health. For example, one of our informal care caregivers mentioned that Due to the difficulties of caregiving responsibilities, her doctor had recently diagnosed her with diabetes. During my conversation with caregivers, we talked about mental and physical challenges experienced as caregivers. Although the group of informal caregivers had different experiences, one thing was common. The commonality I observed from this group was the difficulty with accepting the challenges in the person they were caring for. Certain behavior and communication was unusual and hurtful. For example, one participant stated, quote, my uncle would not accept it, and it took a hands-off approach. 
and it was really hard for him. It was difficult for me to go through the changes too. Like things were coming from her, but it wasn't really her. For me, it was exhausting, but I wanted to be there because of the person I knew. End quote. Another participant said, quote, it was hard to separate the difference. I had to tell myself it wasn't him, that it was someone else. The person you love is no longer in control, end quote. On the same topic, one participant mentioned something that resonated with the entire group. Let's take a listen. So it, it, it just tears you up because you get pulled into this thinking that, okay, first of all, I don't understand the disease well enough at that particular time. So I'm thinking, well, she's going to overcome it. She's just having, you know, moments where she's in and out, but there, you know, there are elements to her that are still intact and that's just not the case. And that was really <clears throat> emotionally, um, uh, hard to, to come to grips with that there's no cure for this. Yes. It's first, right? And it, 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 it's this is it's going to get worse. It's it's going to get progressively worse. The only question is how fast, right? This shared experience helped me understand that Alzheimer's is a difficult journey for the caregiver. Because there are times you still get glimpses of the person you love, but then you face the reality of the disease and it is hurtful. Another topic we discussed during our session was presenteeism. Again, presenteeism is a phenomenon that refers to the loss of productivity that occurs when individuals are not fully functioning in the workplace because they are providing care for a loved one at home. In many cases, caregivers work a job or have an academic responsibility of their own, meaning that caregiving is one of many roles. Despite experiencing mental health and physical hardships with their patients, caregivers still show up to school or work, but are not fully functioning. As a caregiver, you're actively providing care. You can physically be in another location, yet still continue to make appointments, request refills, and make calls to coordinate the care of your patient. For example, one patient said, pardon me, one participant said, I am on the phone doing this, and thankfully I have some level of independence that I can be doing this. I can take a break, but at the same time, it's draining, end quote. Another participant provided her experience as a caregiver and a student. Let's take a listen. Home and all of that. So going to school, 
um, also going to school and trying to take the assessments that you have to take in order to become licensed as a teacher, it was overwhelming. Um, in fact, uh, my first, the basic skills test, I took it three times um, in order to pass it. Um, and at $150 every time I had to take it. Although the role of caregiver is emotionally draining, moving forward is possible with the help of the village. A village is built by organizing and distributing care responsibilities with friends and family. Most of the time, a village is formed by many informal caregivers. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but informal caregivers are friends or family members that support you at no cost. One of our participants shared the strategy her and her village created, which made caregiving much easier. I'll go ahead and insert her strategy here. Most of the things. And so everybody decided that you know, we all had different strengths. You know, I would go learn about the, the uh, stages and come back and help everybody, you know, share with them what I learned. My father-in-law was going to be there 24-7 because that was his wife. My sister-in-law knew a lot about finances because she was a pharmaceutical rep and she knows a financial advisor. So she took care of all the financial things and medical things my husband um he was really just all around everything you know for his mom taking her to the doctor getting the prescription so we all just sat down and assumed these roles and when everybody started working together it was much much easier another participant said quote you need a whole team we just used our resources and just winged it. There is no formula. There is no right or wrong way to do things. It is trial and error. No one was equipped, and that's one of the things I remember. People don't have the capacities for the extremes of dementia. End quote. Let me say that again. No one is equipped, and people do not have the capacities for the extremes of dementia. You need a whole team. I think the words of this participant really captured the need to build a village. No one is meant to tackle the extremes of dementia alone. I encourage you if you are, care if you are a caregiver to accept the help when offered. There's nothing wrong. And if no one is offering their help, feel free to ask for help. Dementia caregiver well-being is an important public health concern because a lot of people suffer in silence and the CDC recognized that caregivers of patients with dementia provide care for a longer duration than caregivers of people with other types of conditions. 
meaning that people are suffering for long periods. In this episode, we talked about experiences of a few informal caregivers. This conversation shed light on caregiver challenges as well as mental, physical, health, and presenteeism challenges. For all my employers listening to this podcast, please take care of your employees. And for all my caregivers, I am sending you a big hug Please reach out to your friends and family if you need help. Please do not suffer in silence. Before I end this episode, I'd like to thank the caregivers that took part in this focus group. Thank you for sharing your experience and willingness to be vulnerable with me. For more information, visit www.healthywashingtonheights.org.